All right, now here we go. Welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This is episode 792 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got a fun episode lined up for us. In this episode, I am going to give away a free pack of seeds. I've teamed up with our friends at seedsherenow.com to give away a free pack of seeds. Hang out. We'll talk more about that later in the show. I also want to remind you that Irie Genetics will be at the Dude Grows Cup this year. That's right. The Dude Grows Cup is happening again June 3rd, just outside of Fort Collins, Colorado. Make sure you check out dgccup.com for all of the information. All right. I don't want to ramble too much at the start of the show. I do have a fun opening subject to jump into. I do want to talk about expired nutrients. That's right. I'm working with a friend online who's been asking me a bunch of questions. We've been trying to figure out why their grow just doesn't look right. Uh, We've checked on the water. We've checked on the soil. We've checked on the nutrients. uh, We checked on the uh, the lights. We checked on the feeding. We checked on the scheduling. We checked on the runoff. We checked everything we could think of. And today it was discovered that we were feeding those plants expired nutrients. I'm not at that grow personally. I'm doing everything through email and through FaceTime. But they opened up a bottle today and it smelled terrible. And they realized these nutrients are expired. They've been in the grow for a long time. They did not realize that bottle has met its time. So My advice to you is go in the grow and make sure that none of your products are expired because we've been chasing a problem. I've been trying to help a friend in their grow for quite a while, and they discovered that the whole problem was an expired bottle of nutrients. I wasn't there to smell it. I wasn't there to inspect it. I don't know what it looked or smelled like, but maybe we would have caught that earlier if we would have just cracked it open, given it a smell because today they said it smelled terrible and putrid. We think and assume that that has been the culprit of our plant problem in that facility. So once again, my advice to you, if you've had a big bottle sitting on the shelf, if you've got a bunch of bottles that are sitting around that you don't use very often, maybe give them a shake. See if they're, maybe they've gotten runny or maybe they've gotten chunky. See if those products are still good. Maybe they smell real bad. Uh, Maybe they're supposed to smell bad and now they smell good. It's hard to tell with some grow nutrients, but there should be an expiration date printed on those bottles. My advice to you is go check and see if your products are out of date. Also check your pesticides. And while you're at it, check all of your other gear as well. Let's do an inventory. Let's just do a regroup while we're at it. Go check everything. While you're checking the pesticides and the nutrients, do an inventory. Let's do a restock, order all of that shit add gloves to the list while you're doing it. All right. So the main piece of advice I want you to take away from there is make sure the nutrients aren't expired. We've been feeding a grow for the past few weeks with an expired bottle and the plants look like shit. They don't look like shit. They just don't look turbo. They should be turbo by now. They look kind of normal and we wanted turbo. So it's that expired bottle that's making them slow down and not perky. Go check on your stuff. All right. I do want to segue into the email portion of today's podcast. I've got a lot of great questions. These questions do come from the Grow Help tab on the Irie Genetics website. If you go to my website, irigenetics.com, there's a row of tabs at the top toward the right. On the right top part of the page, there's a tab that says Grow Help or Grow Questions. If you click on there, it will bring you to a, it's uh, it's like a little questionnaire. It asks you a bunch of questions about your grow. Basically, uh, where are you growing? What are you growing? Are you indoors or outdoors? What are your temps? What's your humidity? All of the things I need to know to help me diagnose your problem. It really helps out if I've got more info. So fill that out the best you can. At the bottom, it says type in your grow question or tell us about your problem. Fill that in the best you can. Give me details. Then it also gives you the opportunity to attach photos. If you've got good photos that may help, send those right along. And if I do read your grow question here on the podcast, I will send you a free pack of seeds. And that free pack of seeds is sponsored by our friends at seedsherenow.com. Big shout out to seedsherenow.com. If you need regular feminized autoflower seeds, I definitely recommend seedsherenow.com. 
GrowHelp.com. I am rambling. I was trying to avoid that. Once again, this message came from the Grow Help tab. Go check the Grow Help tab. Send me your questions. This one says, says, first of all, I love and appreciate you, brother. Big love and respect back at you, my friend. It says, in some of your strain videos, which we love, you say in early flower, you use kelp to enhance the terps. Can you please elaborate on how you use the kelp? I have age-old kelp, and I have fed it lightly once in veg and once in flower. I'm currently in week two of flower. I've got shredder and orangegasm. They seem to love it. I just don't want to overdo it. Stay sexy, my friend. This one came from our friend uh, who wants to be known as Billy D. Big shout-out to our buddy Billy D. Uh, that is a really good question. Oh, and I'm going to mention, they referred to what I call, what they called the strain videos. Yes. Uh, if you scroll through my channel, you will see that there are many strain episodes, strain videos. I do, I, of course, am Irie Genetics Premium Seeds. I make seeds for Irie Genetics, uh, and I do put out episodes that highlight those strains. We'll teach you how to grow them, uh, give you advice about those strains, and set you up for success with the seeds which we do make. But in those episodes, I do mention a lot of kelp products. I don't mention any specific products, but I do mention kelp products quite frequently. I say that it's a good idea to use kelp. I feel like in, um, in my opinion, in my experience, in strains that are skunky, funky, earthy, cushy, uh, those strains, that, that smell, that aroma, that flavor, that funk can be enhanced and really brought out with the addition of kelp products. I just feel like it makes it if it's musty and funky, kelp will make it mustier and funkier. If those are even real words, is mustier a real word? It'll be more musty in my experience if you use that kelp. Aroma and flavor are not the only uh, benefits of using a kelp product. I also feel like uh, the proper use of kelp will increase in uh, bud density, and it always does help with root development. That Think of that natural sea life. Uh, kelp grows. Kelp is one of the largest growing organic bodies on earth. If I read that correctly, I didn't recite that the way that I read it, but kelp grows large, you guys. And imagine feeding that bio life to your ganja plants. They are going to grow live. They're, they're going to grow large. They're going to love it. So kelp is always good. It enhances root growth. It enhances flavor, aroma. And I also think it helps with bud density. So that is why I talk about kelp in a lot of those episodes. Uh, anything that's skunky, funky, gassy, cushy in that realm, uh, give it more kelp. The fruity things will like the kelp as well, and it will make the flavor stronger, but I really think it enhances that funkiness of a naturally funky smelling plant. So let's talk a little bit about it. Uh, elaborate on how I use kelp. Uh, there are several ways to make kelp available to your plants. There are liquid kelp products. Uh, there are dried kelp products. There's a kelp meal product. It's all about your approach to growing. It kind of depends on how you want to do it. You've got age-old kelp, which is a beautiful product. Age-old is a real, it's an old brand. They've been around for a long time. They make a quality product and they've got a kelp-specific product. So you're right in the right wheelhouse there. Uh, that is a liquid kelp product. Uh, another liquid kelp product I would recommend that I really enjoy is Liquid Karma. However, that brand was uh, bought by somebody. Uh, the Botanicare brand was bought by somebody, which we try not to buy their products. So uh, no matter how great that product is, I'm still torn sometimes when I do choose to buy it. Uh, that's called Liquid Karma. There's a brand out there called Raw that makes a powdered kelp product, raw nutrients. They're powdered. Uh, it's R-A-W. Raw is the name of the brand. Uh, they make a great powdered kelp product. And the folks that make Fox Farms product make a kelp product that is called Kelp Me, Kelp You. All of those products will be easy to use. Uh, they're all cost-effective. They're all quite affordable. 
the liquid karma and some of your uh, liquid kelp products can actually be used as a foliar feed. I would imagine you could use the raw powdered kelp as a foliar if you uh, shake it up and dissolve it really well before you apply it. Uh, don't quote me on that because I have not used that product, but most kelp products you can foliar feed as long as they don't gum up your system, as long as they aren't too, uh, too thick when you apply it so that it doesn't clog up your plants. Uh, so uh, how to use it, how to use the kelp. It says so far that you have used the kelp once in veg and uh, one time week two in flower. So that's a good start. Depending on the products you choose to use and how you are growing, uh, that will kind of dictate how you use the kelp. Let's talk about a couple of ways that I would recommend using it. I like to grow in cocoa. So in cocoa, I would probably add a kelp product once a week throughout most of the entire cycle of that plant. Uh, once it goes into its big veg pot, uh, then I'm going to start adding some sort of a kelp product weekly, uh, all the way up to probably about week six or maybe even week seven of flower, depending on how long that plant is going to go. So from week uh, early in veg, all the way through veg, all the way through flower up until uh, right about almost pre-flush time, basically, I am feeding a kelp product. Now, the trick to that is I slowly increase that product. Um, I can't tell you how many milliliters or how many grams or how much to use because I'm not sure which product you're going to use, but my advice is start low and then just work your way up a little bit. Don't go drastic. Don't go crazy, but do increase a little bit toward by the time you get done, uh, with the flowering stage that you are probably at the full recommended dose, which is written on that bottle. Most of the time I'll recommend feeding 50% of the recommend do recommended dosage of a product because the plants usually don't need what they recommend. The nutrient company wants you to buy more. So they tell you to feed a little bit extra, start off with about 50%, work your way up. By the time you're done with the kelp product, that's when I think you should probably be at that 100% mark. So about week six, uh, and just slowly work your way up to there. It's not going to be huge, huge steps, just gradual increases over every couple of weeks. So uh, with the liquid product in cocoa, I would do cocoa uh, once a week, and I would slowly step up, start low, and then work your way up to the recommended dosage by the end. Um, then what else, how else are we going to grow? We're going to grow in a soilless mix. Uh, with a soilless mix, I would probably do it once again, once per week, but I may go a little bit heavier with the dosage this time. I may not go as light as I do in cocoa. Now what's left, I wrote down hydro. Hydro is our last option to work with. Uh, I would do hydro very similarly to the other two, but in a hydro reservoir, you can only feed, basically we're feeding once a week. You mix it up and let it run for the week in a hydro res. Uh, so I would do it basically every week from the time the plants get big and established and get sturdy and uh, healthy, start adding that kelp product. And just like I said before, start low and then work your way up. Uh, in those hydro buckets and in cocoa, you're definitely going to notice uh, the kelp product more quickly than you are in the soilless mix. Now, if you want to add this to some sort of a living soil or one of those no-till beds, uh, disclaimer, this is not my area of expertise when it comes to no-till, uh, organics, things like that. That is not my area of expertise, but that is when you're going to want to stir in that kelp product early in, uh, stir that in before you uh, mix it into the soil, uh, before you even start putting the plants in. Then you might want to top dress or top feed it later on with the kelp product. You could put the kelp in with water, uh, feed it that way, or you can top dress it, let it break down into the soil that way. Uh, once again, I am not the organics expert, but those are two, three very viable options to get plants, uh, the kelp product, if you are using 
organic. So quick recap there, uh, hydro, basically hydro, soilless mix, cocoa, almost everything. I would feed it once per week and I would start low and I would gradually taper up until you're going about 100%, maybe a little bit more if you really want to push it, 120% of what the recommended dosage is. At the end, start low and work your way up, you guys. That's what I'm saying. Don't go burning the plants and pay attention. Just because I'm saying that you can get to 100, maybe 120, doesn't mean that your plant is going to take that. All of these plants are a little bit different. So pay really close attention to your plant. Are the leaves curling? Is the growth stunted? Is something going weird? That could be a sign. So back off if you see too much uh, reaction from that. All right. I think I answered this question. Elaborate on how I use the kelp. Uh, feed it just like any other nutrient. Feed it about once a week and then start early and work your way on up until you're going kind of hard with the kelp. I think the gassier and funkier uh, cushier sort of varietals, the chem dogs and things, they really love uh, this sort of treatment. They really love the can, uh, the kelp products. Also, the cushions and chems, if you're going to do some kelp, add some Calmag to that mix as well, and they will really love each other together. All right, my friend Billy D, thank you for the great message. I do appreciate that. Since I read your question here on the podcast, that means that you win a free pack of seeds. That's right. You win a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds. Again, that free seed giveaway is sponsored by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. Shout out to SeedsHereNow.com for giving you a free pack of seeds. All right, let's jump into one more message here. This one came also from the Grow Help tab from, does it say what they want their name to be? It does not have their name on it. It goes like this. It says, yo, Rasta Jeff, you inspired me to start breeding and I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to start my line with your line and I chose Saka Souffle to start my breeding project. Uh, that is a huge compliment. Many breeders out there get pissy and get territorial when people talk about breeding with their products, but guess what? Not me. I agree. I, I promote it. I endorse it. I condone it. I really encourage people to breed with my products. First of all, if you want to breed with my products, that that's a compliment to me. Why would I be mad that you want to use my creations to start your new creations? That's a huge compliment to me. Thank you. Also, why would I be mad at a person for trying to breed their own cannabis and make themselves uh, self-sustainable and enjoy cannabis a little bit more, enjoy the plant, the craft, the art, develop some skills? Why would I be mad at anybody about that? And then the bottom line is here, you bought those seeds, bro. Those are yours. You paid money for them or you traded for them. Hopefully you did it honestly. Uh, if you got those seeds honestly, then you can grow them, breed them, trade them, sell them. You could do whatever you want with them. I can't say anything about it. I've got the money that I needed when you bought them. And after that, bro, it's all yours. Have a good time. That's like you telling me that I can't skate my skateboard hard or drive my car fast. I paid for it. I'm going to do my thing, bro. You do that thing with your seeds, but I want to keep going. Uh, I, I appreciate that and encourage it. Breed with my stuff. It goes on. I chose Saka Souffle. Uh, biscotti is my favorite strain. You're going to find a great biscotti flavored male in there. It says, I have a couple of questions for you. When you make seeds, how long do you veg your plants? Uh, if you were in my position and chose Saka Souffle to start your breeding project, how long would you veg it since you know that particular cultivar very well? Uh, there's a couple of things that get my attention in here. First of all, I would recommend if you're going to breed with this plant that you grow out several phenotypes of it multiple times and get a relationship with it. You're going to do a pheno hunt. I'm assuming you've got a 10, which probably came with 12 seeds in the pack. So you got 10 or 12 seeds. Maybe, uh, maybe you share that with a friend, but I'm going to say grow as many seeds as you can. Identify the females, identify the males, separate them, and then flower them out and find what is the best for you. You're going to find a male that looks like he's the stud, the dude, the stud, the guy. 
Keep him aside. Now, we've got to run the females a couple of times. We want to see, unless you want to pollinate multiple females, if you just want to do one and one, you really have to do some careful selection. And you can't do that on just one run. I'd recommend running it two, maybe three times, unless you plan on pollinating everything. So I would run it the first time, find the boys, find the girls. Kind of, this is just an audition run. We're just kind of getting to know them. The second run, we're really going to isolate two or three girls that we really like and see which one is the best. Then we'll breed to that. Let's grow it a little bit, find out if there's any problems with this plant. I doubt there will be, but uh, it could have problems. It could be, I bred this plant and I'm still going to say it. It could be intersex. It could be a mutant. It could be a fucking freak show of a plant that doesn't do what you want done. So let's not get too, uh, too attached to breeding with this plant right away because it may not fit the criteria which you're hoping for. Just because your favorite plant is biscotti and there's biscotti in here doesn't mean that this is going to be a breeding winner. And I would like to say it is because I made it, but still it may not be. That's the chances of reality. That's the chances of genetics. That's like it's like dating. Maybe we're not gonna get along. Maybe you're the plant and that and you aren't gonna get along well. That's the bottom line. So run them a couple times. Let's see if it's really what you want before you do the breeding. Now let's talk on, touch on the actual breeding question. How big would I veg the plants? This is a really good question. Uh, maybe I shouldn't tell you all this information, but come on in. It's time to uh, reveal some, some breeding secrets. You don't really need a lot of space or really big plants to create a lot of seeds. Honestly, if you're going to breed with the biscotti and you just want to make seeds for yourself, you can make a hundred seeds from a plant grown in a beer cup. I am not joking. I'm not exaggerating at all. Uh, a beer cup is this tall. You can veg the plant to be this tall-ish. I don't know if you're watching on the video, but it's half, maybe three quarters the size. So the beer cup's this tall. Veg it to about half, three quarters the size of the beer cup and then flip it and then pollinate. If you pollinate two or three of those plants that are the same size, all of the same clone, you're going to make a couple hundred seeds, probably 100 to 200 seeds really easily. If the plant's real little, you'll still pull 30 to 50 seeds off of it. You don't need a lot of biomass to pollinate the plants. They can be really little. If you just want to make some for yourself, my advice is to veg them in cups. Get them about, what is that? G.I. Joe is three and three quarters of an inch tall. Veg them G.I. Joe tall and then flower them. Uh, the male and the female at the same time. Put them in there, let them go. It's going to be a good first practice breeding run. You'll see what the flowers, what the male plant does all the way through the flowering cycle. You'll see what the females do. You'll see what pollination looks like. You'll see what ripe and mature seeds look like. You'll see how long it takes, and you'll have a good batch of seeds to play with. If you really want to get critical with it, you can time the male and female differently. I don't know when the male is going to dump pollen. I don't know when the female will be ready for pollen exactly because I haven't ran these plants yet. But the way nature works, if you put them side by side and put them into flower, they will. the pollination will work. You may make more seeds if you do one earlier, one later. But let's worry about that on your second and third breeding runs. Let's just put the appropriate boy and appropriate girl in there and put them in at the same time and you'll make plenty of seeds for yourself. So if you want to make... Just enough seeds for yourself to play with beer cups, one gallon pots, uh, small plants. You just need one top cola uh, the size of He-Man. I know I'm using fucking toys from the 90s and 80s as size reference today, but uh, Vegetilt's G.I. Joe and a He-Man size plant will give you 30 to 50 seeds if you do it properly. Sometimes you'll get 90 to 100 seeds out of a little tiny plant. It just depends on how much biomass is on that plant to receive, uh, how many pistols are there to receive pollen to create seeds out of those plants. Uh, if you want to make more seeds, grow bigger plants. But honestly, the beer cup method is really simple to do, and it does not take a lot of space. Uh, just make sure that those seeds get time to finish. That's going to be one of the most important things. Uh, select your female or females. Select your male. Get a clone. 
have backups, have backup plants of these in case something goes wrong and so that we can replicate this procedure in the future. You got your backups, get clones, put the clones into the beer cups, get those beer cups growing about the size of GI Joe, three and three quarters of an inch tall, put the male and female or females into your flowering chamber. I'm not even saying flowering room at this time because these plants are so little, they get a chamber. They don't need a whole room to themselves. They just need, you could do this in a a very small, a two by two by four foot space, you could definitely bang out plenty of seeds with the right light, with the right cooling, with the right ventilation, with paying the right attention and timing things. So put them in that room, let them pollinate, they'll get it on. And then six, seven, eight or nine weeks from there, you will have a small batch of seeds. Then here's the fun part. You get to grow all of those seeds. Don't share them. Don't give them away until you've ran a few and verified that they're not problematic until you're confident in those seeds. So let me check on the message and make sure that I actually answered some of your question here. Uh, when you make seeds, how long do you let your plants veg? Uh, if I was in your position. So yeah, I would do it in beer cups. Honestly, you're just trying to make a few seeds. We don't know if these seeds are going to be amazing. We don't know if they're going to be intersex. We don't know if they're going to be duds. We don't know what you're creating. So let's not make too many of them. It's easy to throw away 90 seeds. It really hurts your feelings to throw away 9,000 seeds. Trust me, I've had to do it before. It's the only thing you can do. Put them in the compost bin because if I put those seeds out to you guys, you're going to be angry at me. You're not going to be happy. It's going to tarnish the reputation, the level of quality that you expect from me. So make little plants, make a few, and maybe to you, 100 is a bunch of seeds. Make a few seeds to play with, grow them. Then we can always go back and make more. And if you did it right, you probably found the keeper that you want in that 30 to 50 seeds anyway. Uh, there will be something hot in there if you've done this properly. I'm really curious if you're going to use my Saka Souffle as a male plant, uh, which females are you going to pollinate? Are there is there more advice on that? Yeah, you're going to use the Saka Souffle. Um, what are you going to pollinate? What uh, What is the other plant in the mix here? Nope, no advice on that one. But um, I'm excited. I uh, And once again, I do encourage everybody out there to breed with my seeds. If you want to be a seed breeder, a seed maker, my seeds are a great way to start that. Now, once you do make those little uh, little cups worth of seeds, if you really like something and you want to make more, obviously the next step is to grow those plants bigger next time and make bigger plants. In a three-gallon pot, you can make a lot of plants. If you let that plant veg up to 12 or 18 inches tall, time that pollination right, you'll have enough seeds to last you the rest of your life just from one plant if you just want to run those seeds by yourself. All right, that question did come from a person who did not indicate if they did or did not want their name to be said. But if you're watching this podcast episode, guess what, my friend? You have won a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds. And of course, that seed giveaway is sponsored by our friends at seedsherenow.com. All you've got to do is send me your email address. Say, hey, bro, you read my question on the podcast. Please send me my free seeds and give me your address. And by the time this episode comes out, everybody who has won free seeds will have their free seeds shipped if they have sent me their address. If you've sent me your address, the free seeds are on their way. If I've read your uh, question on the show and told you that you won free seeds, please reach out, send me an email, tell me I won free seeds, send me your shipping address. I'm going to verify you guys. I'm going to go back and make sure I keep all the emails right here. They stay in a pile so I can go back and look and see. But if I read your message on the show, please do remind me that I owe you a free pack of iRegenetic Genetic Seeds. And once again, shout out to Seeds here now. Com. Now, if you did not win seeds on today's episode, do not feel uh, left out. Do not feel forgotten because it is very easy to win free seeds. Just like on today's episode, all you have to do is go to the Grow Help tab and send me a good grow question. Go to iriegenetics.com or iriedirect.com. There's a Grow Help tab on both of those pages. Click on that Grow Help tab. Send me your grow question. If I read that grow question here on the podcast, I will send you a free pack of iriegenetic seeds.
So keep those good questions coming. If I haven't read your question, don't be uh, don't feel left out. Don't feel uh, judged. Don't feel like I'm hating on you. I've got this many questions. That's a lot of paper right there. I got that many questions waiting coming up on the show. I'm going to work through most of them. I'm going to do my best to get to all of them. It just takes time, you guys. So keep sending those grow questions to the grow help tab on iregenetics.com. I think that is all I've got for you for this episode. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, all you have to do is send an email to growfromyourheartathotmail.com. Let me know what's on your mind. Maybe I'll read your questions, corrections, comments, or concerns right here on the podcast. Also, make sure you support the show on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash growfromyourheart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. Once again, make sure you check out the website, iregenetics.com. Everything you need is on iregenetics.com. There's a a link to the Patreon, a link to the Discord. There's a link to iRedirect so you can get those seeds. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter so you can know when the seeds go on sale. Um, that's all I think you need to worry about for now. That is a lot of info to feed you all at one time. Check out the website. That's what I'm asking for. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps and hoes, friends and foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there. I do want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I'll be back next week with fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to my friend Maverick. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. We'll